The story that I'm working on hit a brick wall. It was going so well. I was figuring out the characters. I was figuring out the world. Everything was falling into place. And then it just stopped. And I didn't know why. I didn't understand what was going on. Why, why, when everything was going so well, did the story just stop? And then I, I realized what it was. I forgot to include my favorite spice. You know, those elements of gothic fiction that I like to sprinkle all throughout the stories that I do. Yeah, I, I completely forgot to sprinkle them in. I forgot to add the spice in, and the story stopped flowing. As a fan of Frank Herbert, the irony. It's beautiful. Let's talk about that on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and... Yeah, I, I, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Actually, I'm not, but we'll talk about how we unwittingly self-sabotage ourselves all the time. But before we get into that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast and whatever app you're listening to me on. It does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. All right. Yeah. So I feel like a big dummy. I feel like a big dummy. And I like to use these Friday episodes to kind of give an update about what I'm working on and where I'm at in my projects and all that. And I was hoping that by today I would be like, I have an outline done because I'm not really outlining. I'm just kind of coming up with some of the major story points so that I make sure that I have a story because th this this story has fooled me before. I've thought several times that I was working on it. I thought, oh, many times over the years, I thought I had it nailed down and it, it didn't make it all the way to the end any of those times. So I, I really wanted to test it out and make sure that I was on the right path this time. And that's what I was working on. And then when it just fell apart, there was part of me, there was just a little part of me going, well, it happened early in the process this time. I guess I should be looking at something different because I do want to participate in Camp Nano this year. I'm excited about Camp Nano. I really want to be a part of it. I thought this would be the project I was working on, but maybe, maybe just maybe I was wrong. And then, and don't ask me how I had the realization because it, it was one of those moments that just kind of sprang out of nowhere Late at night, when getting ready for bed, I just thought to myself, maybe I should put some gothic elements into this story. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, yeah, I, I always do that. Why, why didn't I do that? And the story started flowing again. <laughs> so what do I mean by gothic elements? Well, part of that is, you know, I, I, I am a goth at heart, and I love me some 
Gothic music and have participated in the Gothic culture for, well, at this point, I guess I should say the vast majority of my life. But I'm speaking more specifically of the genre of Gothic fiction, which I find to be a lovely little spice that can be added to just about anything to make it better. So, you know, that old decrepit building that used to be the sign of pure opulence that now is in its decay. Dark secrets and passions and obsessions that drive the characters and move them forward. All of those wonderful elements that you would see in the work of Poe or Wuthering Heights, which is kind of the pinnacle in a lot of ways, at least I, I was going to say from my point of view, but I think most people agree Wuthering Heights is like the ultimate, the penultimate, the highest achievement in Gothic fiction. There, there's a lot of other good Gothic fiction, but oh, that one, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I didn't think about putting any of those in. And so I was looking basically at the setting that was all bright and shiny. And it didn't have any of that decay. It didn't have any of those secrets. It didn't have any of those layers that I like to put into a story. Because to me, one of the most beautiful things to talk about is how we deal with the world as it is with institutions that are aging and showing their age and in a world that has that weight of history in it, just bearing down like a character in its own right. And the fact that I didn't even think to do that in my own story says a lot. And what it says mostly is about how we have this wonderful ability to self-sabotage. Because it's one of the most obvious things. If you've read any of my fiction, I mean, Shine Like Thunder is basically a gothic romance, but set on a planet after a group of aliens crash together and have to deal with the dark secrets that they're all hiding. That, that's the, it, it's a gothic novel set in space. And I do, <laughs> this is kind of my thing. It's what I do. All right, gothic urban fantasy and gothic sci-fi and gothic fantasy. And yeah, it's kind of my thing. So why would I ever forget to include it? One is hubris. This is, this is something that we don't talk about as much as we need to. I, I've been writing for so long and I've done so many stories and I, I had gotten to a point where I felt like I just kind of instinctually knew what I was doing. And so the idea that I would have to remind myself, put salt in it, that, that, that doesn't come to mind. Because when you cook, you season what you cook. All food gets seasoning, it gets its salt and pepper, and then everything else that goes in. But no, no, in my hubris, I didn't remind myself to add the salt. I said to myself that I know what I'm doing. I know the story that I'm telling. I know the story so well, because I do. I know the story so well, because one version or another of this story has been bouncing around in my head for probably 20 years now. And 
I've wanted to tell it for all that time, and I really feel like now's the time. But in all of those iterations, it's always had something missing, something wrong. And when I look back at some of those early drafts, because I kept a lot of that material, they don't have this either. This is the one thing that they're missing. Everything's bright and shiny and new. And that's not the world that these characters inhabit. It's a world of secrets and slavery and darkness. So why would I not put that in there? Why would I forget to put that in there? The blindingly obvious thing is so often the one thing that we forget to include. It's the one thing that should be there. The one thing that should never escape our view, but it is the easiest thing to forget to do. I mean, you can see this when I talk about Star Trek Picard. They spent all this time, energy, and effort in giving great backstories and characterization to so many characters in that show. But they forgot to do it with uh, some of the more pivotal characters. I mean, Elnor has a backstory, but it's not one that we know much about. And Rios has one, but it's mysterious. Because, of course, it's mysterious. Because he's our mysterious captain. Captain Space Booty. It can be so obvious sometimes that we think that we've already done it. And we haven't. The other reason, the bigger reason, the one that made me want to do an entire episode dedicated to my own stupid blunder, is because... If I actually get to the point that I'm wanting to get, if I actually get all of the story points figured out and feel like this is actually going to be a novel, then I have to write it. I have to let it go. I have to let it become whatever it is it wants to be. And this is a passion project. Like I said, I've been working on some version of it for probably around 20 years now. That is a scary thing to realize that I may be finally setting it free into the world. I may finally be putting it out there for other people to read, to look at, to see, to know, to understand. These are things that I might be sharing with other people. And that's intimidating because while you all may not have some built up model in your head of how good or bad or ugly this story should be, I do. Because it's something I've lived with and gone back to. And between almost every book I've ever written, at some point I pick up this idea and kind of toy with it a little bit and go, is this the time? Are you ready yet? Have you percolated enough? Is it time? Are you ready? That's going to be a scary thing to finally maybe have done. It's vitally important that we do not underestimate our own ability to self-sabotage. Because it's something that happens unconsciously. It's something that we don't even realize that we're doing. Because if we realized we were doing it, that would give up the game. You see, I want to tell this story so badly. I love these characters. One of the characters, one of the characters first appeared in a story that I wrote when I was in middle school. 
And that was a long time ago. That was like 30 years ago. And I still have, they, they were the main character in the first book I ever wrote. That horrible, horrible thing that no one will ever see. They were the main character in that book. And they've found ways to sneak themselves in as a possible character in a lot of work that I've done since. And now I might be able to share this character that has lived in my brain for 30 years with other people. There's a certain possessiveness that just unconsciously sneaks in. If I actually finish my outline, if I finish the idea, if I actually write this book, if I put it out into the world, this character isn't just mine anymore. I have to share them with other people, people that may not appreciate them with the same level of care and love that I appreciate them with, people that don't understand the vast history that this character has, and because they've never read the books that <laughs> I wrote with this character prior to this, and probably never will, they, they, would just, they just won't get it. They won't get it. And if they're not going to get it, why should I share? Why should I share it? Why should I make it available to them? It's, it's a natural instinct to be protective over something that I care about so deeply. And I think a lot of writers actually experience this. And it's one of the reasons I despise the term writer's block. Because while I think all of us have experienced some point in our creative life, creative life, that our creativity has ebbed, that it's been at a low point and it's been hard for us to write. But I don't believe that there is a thing called writer's block. There are a lot of things that block our creativity, but not one particular thing that we can put our finger on and call specifically writer's block. And that's where I am now. See, I thought I had hit one of those blocks again. I thought I had hit one of those moments where, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to get this story told. Nope, it's not. It's time yet. No, I am not going to be able to get this story done this time. And yeah, I am pushing on. Because once I realized that I had forgotten to put the spice in, once I realized that I had forgotten to develop the elements that matter, why is this group secretive? How are they putting forward this mask? What is their history? Why are they there? Why are they so important? Why does that one character care so much that he's willing to risk his life for them? Why does any of that matter? Since I forgot to do all that, and when I say do all that, yeah, of course, I had like the surface level reasons. But all of those dark secrets and all of those little mysteries that lead, led to this obsession, those were absent. See, it was a story of honor and duty and loyalty. Rather than what it really is, it's a story of obsession and passion and desire. He needs them to exist. And yeah, there are other reasons beyond just that obsessive need, but his main drive is that very gothic element, that obsessive need. He can't imagine his life without them. If they don't exist, he doesn't exist. 
They are all that he has and all that he's ever wanted. And that obsessive character is such a trope of Gothic fiction that you almost expect at least one character to fit that mold. But no, I, I didn't think to look at that. I didn't think of the way this world had aged and all of those dark, twisted secrets under the covers. And so I was almost ready to trick myself into thinking that it wasn't time to write it yet. It was going to be just mine for a little while longer. And who knows, it might still be. After I finish this process, I might hit another block and not be able to write. But at least I got past this block and I know what it is now. And I wanted to share my story with you. Because I know a lot of us have that passion project that we want to finish, that, that thing that means so much to us, that story that we want to tell. And for one reason or another, we found it difficult or impossible to get it out into the world. We found it difficult or impossible to actually tell the story that we want to tell. And maybe the story's not ready yet. Because honestly, this story wasn't ready. I needed to learn things from writing the various books that I've written in the interim before writing this book. I needed that practice to get me there. So, honestly, I wasn't ready to write this story. And maybe I'm not ready yet. But if I'm not careful, I will trick myself into continuing to accept that and not tell this story as much as I want to tell it. And whether or not anybody else likes it or not, that's not the purpose of being a storyteller. Yes, for, for the business of writing, for the business of being an author, it's important that people like your work and buy your work and you can make money. I'm not saying that. Don't interpret me that way. But as a storyteller, and you know, I'm a big proponent of the storytelling has to come first. We have to love the work that we're doing. We have to love the projects that we're doing and be passionate about them. And if we're not, we are selling ourselves short and not producing the best work that we possibly can. We can come back later and polish them up or just accept that they'll have a smaller audience than maybe we would have preferred from a business point of view. Or maybe we'll learn to make them more commercial in their initial thought. But commercial concerns should not come first when we're making our art. So what's holding you back? Why can't you write the story that you're currently working on or wanting to work on? That passion project of yours, you know the one. I've never met a writer who didn't have one. That one white well. That one sandworm. Their own shy elude, doubt, deep deep in the desert, that they just haven't found the thumper to call yet. And every time they try to call the great worm so that they can ride it, they call another one, a different one. And it's okay, they get to tell that story, they get to write that story, they still get to live their dream of being a writer, but they haven't gotten to tell that one story that just claws at the back of their mind, that fills their dreams at night, that they long to tell. What? What secret are you keeping from yourself that's preventing you from telling that story that you really want to tell?
Because it may be something simple. It may be an, a lie of omission. That's what it was in my case. Well, I've already worked on the secrets. Yeah, I did. But they were, they were the kinds of secrets that you would find in a sci-fi story, not a gothic story. And that's what made the whole difference. What's holding you back? I hope you liked this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please share it with somebody that you think would also enjoy it. And don't forget to rate it. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, I would love to hear from you. In the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a dollar you could pass my way, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to both the listener support and my Patreon. Thank you for helping me keep the lights on. You mean the world to me, <laughs> everyone who does that. And if you don't have any money right now, that's perfectly all right. Trust me, I live there. I know that feeling. There are a lot of Patreons I wish I could be supporting right now. But if you don't have any money right now, that's perfectly all right. But if you know somebody you think would like any of the work that I'm doing, please share it. That means the world to me as well. Thank you so, so very much. And until next time, don't forget to have the fun. Bye.